everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. We're at episode 107. We celebrated our episode 106 last week, which was, we've decided we're only celebrating random, random ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime numbers, only, no, 106, no, I guess not, well, <laughs> odd numbers, even numbers. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks everyone who joined the live stream. We're doing a casual watch talk live on a Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern. So if you want to come on and interact with us, we've been getting some great questions from the audience. Keep the show moving. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot it's of fun. fun. Well, should we kick it off with a, a wristwatch check? Shall I, uh, shall I dive in first on this one and then, All right, then sure. you can go? Appropriate probably for today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Quartz, which was a subject spurned from a comment on the Facebook group and also some of the comments on our live stream yesterday. Mm. But I'm wearing my Seiko Speed Timer, which has been my daily wear at the moment. And I think it's, I think they're going to, Seiko started promoting it again for some athletics thing. So maybe Mm. there'll be a new love for it. But yeah, I've really fallen for this little Seiko Quartz watch. I need to do yeah. a renewed video on it. I did one where I did a collab on it, but I'm I think I might do a full in-depth review now that I've had it for 6 months. But yeah. I, and I feel like you, and I feel like you've had it on your wrist for non-stop 6 months. Yes. Yeah. I've I yeah. wear the Christopher Ward, the Christopher Ward Trident occasionally and I decided to wear my turtle the other day, the ultimate turtle because oh, you yes. did, did such a good job of modding that that uh, Thank you. I have to I have to get it out every now and again. I can never yeah, yeah. I can never sell it. So yeah, you've been uh, like I said, you've been real charging with a uh, plus many months on the wrist with the uh, with the Seiko. So definitely uh, definitely hard in the collection because usually you are you're in the past you've had some new watches where you'll be super excited and that excitement will will last I don't know maybe a month or so. Yes, you're totally right. I went through a real phase of flipping them a lot and it must be down to i'm sure it's down to this one watch this year challenge i've still not bought a watch this entire year i've been saving for that mint green dial rolex date just 41 and i've set my sights on that i've not been i've been looking at other watches but i haven't been really obsessing about them which it's been it's been interesting it's been an interesting journey but yeah i've I've realized that I needed to be happy with the collection that I had instead of <laughs> constantly right. rotating. I guess it. that I mean, yeah, it seems it seems like it's working because you would do this thing, yeah, you would you'd have it for like a month and a half, two months, you'd be happy with it. You know, we do a couple of restaurants checks, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's a, still rocking the yeah, mm-hmm, okay, and then it would just be like, and then you'd be quiet about it, and then I'd be like, where where's your do you do you still have the tutor? And he's like, and you'd just be like, no, I saw that. <laughs> Like, like, like two months ago, by and you're like, no, nah, I saw that. That's gone. <laughs> and you're like, we should probably do an episode on on Sam's uh, minimalist uh, watch collecting strategy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. I think I've got a collection now of probably three that I consistently wear. So the Christopher Ward, which I just love, the Trident one, mm. the Ultimate Turtle that I just mentioned before, mm. and then this Seiko. And I think it covers all... Oh, and I've also got that G-Shock, actually. So I suppose that's the mm. fourth, the metal G-Shock that I did. The metal, the, I added the metal case to it, the DW56 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much everything that you need. I've also got a... Oh, God, I'm, I'm 
I'm turning this six three watch collection into a six watch collection within within <laughs> seconds. Right. Well, three and then seven, but then the essential twelve. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I've got that one that I made that DIY watch club one that dress watch. I, oh, I'm right. keeping that because that's one I'll I'll probably give away. I'm I'm gonna give the G Shock away as well. So I'm just keeping them in reserve. People at work that are getting into watches, I've managed to give a, a few out. And we started a watch club at work, which has been pretty cool on Slack. Oh, really? A big oh. shout out oh. to everyone on the. Uh, this the uh, PS Watch Lovers Slack channel. Oh, there you go, a little little side little side channel. Cool, that's cool. I um, I had the C sixty five out for the weekend. Went uh, posted up some pictures in the uh, in the chat uh, in our Discord. Uh, had the chronograph out for a sailing trip. Oh yeah, you mentioned last week. Yeah, I took it on the so I have a. Uh, FKM, FKX, what is it? The type of rubber. FKM, yeah. F- FKM. Uh, I have it on. A, I have an FKM orange rubber strap for it. I have a black 22 mil I could have put it on. But the black strap with the blue dial, I don't know. That can be a faux pas. I, I, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, depending on. Well, lots of bright colors on that dial, so like I feel like I'd be doing something wrong. So... I, I didn't want to go with the, you know, international orange, although, you know, good safety, safety in the water, kind of, you know, you're wearing a life preserver, right? Uh, so I decided to, I, I was looking at the bracelet and I'm like thinking like, I'm going to be running around the boat. I'm going to be swimming. I'm going to be, you know, just do, hiking, doing whatever. And I'm like, do I have a bracelet on? And the bracelet is pretty, pretty hefty. Yeah. Which which is good. It's good. I'm not saying it's not a good bracelet. It's got it's got the sliding micro adjust underneath. You flip the clasp up. It's great. Uh, but it's like ah, you know what? I'll I'll take it on the original. So I have the original rubber strap for it. And I think I mentioned this, but the keepers on it are too small. And so I replaced the keeper with like a silicone. So I'm already like one point down on this on this strap. And so I replaced it with like a silicone keeper so that we keep the keep it on my wrist and I wouldn't grab it on anything and it was fine but I wasn't like I don't know I just I kind of came away with like not satisfying experience with it oh I'd say and then uh went swimming uh and then was like not panicked but at the same time I was like to get the salt to wash the salt off it oh, okay. you know okay. seawater seawater swimming like I was like you you guys you guys should know me by now i have no problem showering swimming whatever if it cannot shower if i can't dunk my hand in a fish tank if i can't go go take a shower and wash the back of it off and 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 rinse the rinse whatever's on it uh i wouldn't wear it uh so i yeah i was like oh at one point i was like oh i gotta get this thing rinsed off quick and then then it was like and then i like had to stop and think like I am now managing the, my wristwatch on a fun sailing, swimming, hiking trip. And I was like, eesh. So I don't know. Maybe not the, maybe not the watch to take. Maybe, maybe we just save it for the afternoon lake sail where I can take, you know, the cool Instagram pictures off the back of the, <laughs> off the yeah. back of the cat, the nine foot Catalina where it's like, we're sailing, you know, but, but uh, save the, the six hour ocean voyage for something else, I guess, something a little more robust. And uh, honestly, I was, I was uh, tempted to just take the uh, 104 because, yeah. 
because it just it does it's 100 meter water resistant and um i kind of like it's it's i know it would have not a problem so uh and that's where i'm at with it so no fair enough but speaking of uh Speaking of, you did ask what was, uh, we did do a wristwatch check, my super long wristwatch check here. Uh, so I'm back to the, my daily driver, my Bell and Ross GMT. Um, and uh, Pete and I had a great co- follow, sort of follow up conversation about my comments yesterday on the, on the live stream. Oh, yeah. Pete from uh, Not So Obvious Watches. Channel. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, uh, we were, it drives him nuts that, uh, that, that the, there are people that have to categorize. And this, and the, he did a great video about uh, reviewing the wearer versus reviewing the watch. This was it was around GMTs, wasn't it? That sparked sparked this conversation. We talk about GMTs right. on the right. live stream. Right, exactly. And he he had done a video in the past where it was like talking about uh, you know when you when you review the person that wears the watch and not necessarily the watch and you kind of get fall into the trap of that and and here's a perfect example where you're like mm, this is a true gmt you know and you're like you 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 are not classifying the movement <clears throat> excuse me you are categorizing the person that wears it and so we absolutely he we we we, we will roast that so no class you know i don't it's a true gmt is a is a any watch that you can you can move the GMT or our hand separately, you can track a time a third uh, a second time zone with a, a GMT hand. So yeah, it's funny you immediately reminded me of if if you're from the north of England, there's a mm-hmm. difference between scone and scone. Like scone mm. is like the posh way of saying it, and scone is like the the common yes. way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're like, oh, look at you with your scoon. Like, you scone, your fancy yeah, so scoon. Like, well, it's you just reminded me our favorite three-letter YouTuber, mm. who's been we we joked a couple of weeks ago that he's been taking a few sly digs at the rest of the uh, watch review community, and one of the <laughs> ones that he a little shot over the bow was I forget where he was reviewing a Breitling or something, and he was saying that people shouldn't review watches or give opinions on watches that they haven't seen. Mm. And he was going, his latest video, which he does, I'm only poking fun at him, he does a great job of his videos, he's filming yeah. and everything's spot yeah. on. But he was comparing the Bulliver, which he's now Bulliver's his, his thing. Like he went to the Bulliver Museum. Oh, okay. He's no oh, longer yeah. a Seiko man, he's a Bulliver man yeah, now. I see. He he went on to compare in the video the uh, Bulliver GMT to the new skx gmt or the 5ks gmt and i was like oh oh i I noticed that you're uh, just showing a picture there of that watch and not the actual uh, one i haven't had that on the wrist have you Hmm. (laughs) well i I think uh, he got around it by saying that the case is so familiar to him oh i see yes well it must it must be it must be but (laughs) yeah no i'm only only poking fun at him and and, and, of course he's he's welcome on the show anytime i did reach out to him to ask him if he'd come on yeah it's you know it's good to just like this is uh, if there's one thing that we like to do on our show, and that is not take ourselves too seriously yes. and make sure other people in our fun watch collecting hobby are also not taking themselves too seriously. So, yes, not, <laughs> we're just a small, tiny group of crazy people. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I often reply in the comment section. Some people, like you know, videos that I made years ago where they've they 
they get quite upset about saying that something that I said in the video and I'll reply mm. back and say, I said, look, I can't even remember what I said. I might have even yeah. changed my opinion by now. So apologies <laughs> for, um, you know, if I upset you in any way, but yeah, uh, for sure. Well, should we should we dive into got a couple of fun subjects? I definitely would love to talk about some quartz watches because I'm, I'm on a real thing for quartz at the moment. Yeah. First off, I, there's a new website. If anybody's not been on it, it's called Watch Crunch. Mm. It's kind of like a dedicated messaging board for watches. It's quite fun. Ben from Ben's Watch Club is a big proponent. They they sponsor his show. And of course, they're welcome to sponsor our show as well. One of the it's a really good community. People share their watch collections. It's very hyper focused rather than Reddit. That I mean, Reddit's awesome, but Reddit's got multiple different subjects. But Watch right, Crunch is right. a lot more yeah. watch. It, it's solely watch focused. Okay. And they had an interesting article or, or somebody posted an interesting comment, which was uh, along the lines of what's the most disappointing watch purchase. And mm. I started reading it because it is interesting. It's amazing how many people straight off the top of their head can think of the most disappointing watch purchase mm. that they've had. And, and I, I put mine on. But Chris, I, I'll ask you, is there, is there one a watch that comes to your mind that you've ever I straight away just didn't you like know, it. You, uh, you asked and I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, and, and this is not, um, this is certainly not because that I am somehow smarter than everyone and figured out, <laughs> figured out the best thing to buy right off the bat. But uh, I think I trick myself into thinking like I, I I do the like slow burn into like I trick myself into thinking like oh yeah this is amazing and then I get it and I'm like eh okay okay no but still totally amazing and then I wear it for like a month or two months or three months and I'm like well I mean I guess why do I own this <laughs> you know and so it's not like I don't know I don't I can't think of one that was like instantly regret disappointment i have some ones that i'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely disappointed with this so maybe it's just a different i don't know a different different take there's some really interesting ones that some that you wouldn't expect one person mentioned the hamilton khaki which okay. is interesting i liken this to um and i could see this with like big watch purchases i liken this to not meeting your heroes Yes. right and so like for cars or Lamborghini for Lamborghini like, oh geez you know like that thing is impossible to drive like it is ridiculous in any sort of city center this it's just a horrible trash car to be in but also you're in a Lamborghini Countach so you're just like oh my god amazing so it's so for me I guess that's that's part of my like like the world is sort of still tricking me into thinking like but dude it's amazing and you're like ah. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that Olican Vice, one that I've always been super interested in, the Caribbean. Mm. They mentioned mm -hmm. about the bracelet. There was a Hamilton khaki on there. A few people yep. mentioned Smith's, the Smith's Everest watches. Mm. Oh, okay. This will resonate with you. Somebody mentioned the Seiko, the Seiko 5KX that was all black with like black hands and black dial and everything. They were just like, oh, they right. couldn't see it. All blacked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to add my little little one here, and this is one that straight away. Uh, and I, I probably, I probably got sucked in by YouTube videos on this, but it's the the Squale 
500 meter ombre oh, right. dial. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you, I rang. I, I, I actually. Yeah, you sent it over. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, am I right? Am I going crazy about this watch? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, you needed a gut check. You were like, you were like, this isn't, this isn't right. And I'm like, what? This, I mean, and I did the same thing. I was like, what? This watch is amazing. I was totally excited for you. And then I had, I had like looked at them and I was like, oh yeah, this thing's great. And then, yeah, it got, you sent it over to my house and I was like, uh, put it, I tried it on and I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're kind of right. <laughs> yeah. My issue with it is, or my personal issue with everybody, if anybody owns this watch and you love it, then, I mean, there must be plenty of people that love it because they do it. In yeah, no, it's, this is, this is like, yeah, we should have uh, prefaced this by being like, this is completely subjective. It's so completely subjective. Like I, you can, there are going to be, there are going to be amazing watches that people are just like, nope. <laughs> well, that's what's the actual, this, I'll leave a link to this in the show notes, but it's on watchcrunch.com. I don't know if you have to sign up to access this. It's just a fascinating read because there's watches that I like and that I've owned that people mention mm. in there. And it's it's really interesting to see how people's view, views differ on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I hadn't actually thought of that. Oh, I, or, or you, well, that was actually something I liked about it. Right. So it's really interesting. But yeah, yeah I'd, the thing with the Squale was that it the crystal, it has such a thick, a sapphire crystal on it and the, right. the bezel is larger to accommodate that so it's really top heavy it, it hangs off the wrist like a ton weight whereas i think in this uh in my comment here i compared it against the, the seiko turtle which i think is probably the same weight certainly mm. the breitling b1 mm-hmm. i had was the same weight if not heavier mm-hmm. but they're just the cases are so well balanced on those watches the center gravity is at the back so it really the turtle is so comfortable to wear for a big watch yeah. And this Squale was just really, really uncomfortable. And it was just, it was, there's only two watches where straight away I've got them and I've got that sinking feeling in my stomach. This Squale mm-hmm. was one. And before that was a Fortis, the the B42 Cosmonaut. But uh, it was yes. the three-hand version, not the chronograph that was in Titanium. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would have, I should have gone for the chronograph one because the dial was, it just looked empty on there. But the, no, also just the, didn't, I wasn't yeah. crazy about the titanium bezel yeah. on that one, to be fair. Yeah. I was going through my sort of past purchases and flips. And I think, <clears throat> I think I could, I think I guess maybe two. So my, my, uh, my sort of first one that I thought, and again, this is sort of how I did it, was like I thought I had the world figured out. And so I I bought the Notice Contrail. This is back like three years ago. Oh, yeah. And the Notice Contrail with a 12-hour 12 12 hour bezel, and it's a, it's a stainless steel 12-hour bezel. It's got a little nice little loom pip on the top of it. So at the time, I had a turtle with a with a modded ceramic bezel and the blue dial on the notice is gorgeous. It's great. And yeah, I, I was sort of immediately disappointed when the bracelet, the bracelet wasn't at the time. And you know, these guys have come a long way in a couple of years, yeah. but at the time I was, I was not, it was not, it was, I was nothing to write home about, you know, it was kind of a basic and it was a little, you know, if I remember it was kind of squared off a little pinchy, but it was fine. But it, but it, I don't know if it like met the design of the watch. There are certain, you know, there are certain uh, bracelets that sort of have to go, kind of iconic bracelets in themselves, like any of the Breitling bracelets. 
the Zen H link is like, you know, it's like it's you just know it. You just know it. Like any of the any of the ones from Rolex, you just kind of know. This was just kind of like a square design, you know, rectangle squared off kind of design. It was nothing crazy. I really wanted to like it, but I just sort of fell out of love with it. And then was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really sure why I bought this. And at least it was um, uh, a special edition that they only did so many of the blue dial. So I was able to flip it and not lose my shirt <laughs> especially for a watch that this is a that was an affordable i don't think that was i don't think that was more than 800 bucks i've definitely fallen out of love with watches where i've mm-hmm. started off really liking them and then fall it falling out of love with them but that yeah. that squally was the instance and, and the problem was is i couldn't send it back because i'd unwrapped it all and tried it out for a few days to as you said chris to try and convince myself that i liked it right. and I even sent it to to you to as, yeah. a, as a second opinion so i couldn't actually send it back so i ended up having to sell it on on ebay for a bit of a hit but i just couldn't i just couldn't live with it we don't like to talk about it on the show but i, I did own a steinhardt for a hot minute oh yeah but uh i don't i don't I don't think I necessarily regretted that. I feel like that was part of the journey, <laughs> you know, where you just, I'm kind of like, oh, this is what they have to offer. But uh, it was the opposite of the Instagram darling. Like whenever I would show that to watch people, they would get like a taste in their mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I've, I've shared my views on uh, Steinhardt so. a, a number of times on the channel. And and I think in general, as I've, as I've gone more appreciating more watches and and appreciating the design of watches and stuff i've definitely moved away from watches that are very close to look like other watches i think i think even though there's certain vintage rolex models that i would love to own that are just they're absolutely impossible they would be yeah 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 i mean for and to clarify i went for the titanium ocean one I think it's a lot of watch for the money. I think it's super I think it's a super unique design from them. You get attached to the brand and what they're sort of all about and and that's okay. I think that sometimes we discount how much we enjoy particular watches based on the sort of brand that they represent. Yes. And so it's like, "Oh, I like this Breitling cuz it's this." And you're like, yeah, but like 10% of you loves that you could be walking off the 737 and the pilot or the co-pilot's going to have a Navitimer on his wrist. Yeah. Right? And it's like that kind of heritage where it's a it's a just pilots everywhere you know had it this sort of thing and they like they you know do it all da 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 and like that you, that you associate with that brand. And I think we kind of discount it. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of Steinhardt's problem is like they have their brand is the we make really good copies of what you can't get from other companies. Well, for our main topic, this, this came from our live stream yesterday and also a member of the Facebook group asked, uh, simply asked the question, which is better mechanical or quartz? And mm. you might think that's a bit of a risky question to ask on a watch appreciation website, which uh, Casual Watch <laughs> right. Talk is. 
But I reply, I reply back saying, well, it, it totally depends on what you mean by better. Right. Because there's two camps. If you better means a watch that's more accurate than definitely quartz. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're talking about the the artistry of it, the, right. the just mechanical still, you know, a hundred and whatever, how many years later is still a yeah. modern marvel of man's ability to create these intricate tiny machines yeah. at, yeah. at one time handmade but then he got me thinking about well yeah we think of mechanical watches being incredibly both the technology and the intricacies and and how they're made with such care and detail but there's also a lot of quartz watches that are made with that same mm-hmm. level of detail i w- wanted to talk about chris some of the the quartz models that really are quite technically advanced and almost assembled and in watches that you would more common and in the price range you would more commonly associate with really high quality mechanical watches. Over the over the weekend, I I wanted to uh, quickly describe the we were we were talking about economics and I wanted to quickly describe the uh, moon swatch drama. And I had to like summarize the Swiss watch industry as fast as like, cause I was just trying to tell the story and I'm like, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to like 30 minute. Uh, so it was like summarizing the quartz crisis in like a hot second. And uh, I find it fascinating that not everybody knows that Swatch saved the industry after the quartz crisis that Seiko started, right? Yeah. And and the Japanese Japanese uh, citizen watch, you know, different different watch companies started electro electronic watch companies started. There is some high horology quartz pieces that 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 even came out of that. Let's uh, let's get into it, because this is, uh, you know, I want to I want to pull up that uh, that reference that uh, Omega did. And I mean, they are, they've been making, as you said the other day on the live stream, I mean, they're, they, they make a, they make a fine quartz watch. Well, yeah. And the, um, the Oyster Quartz as well, Rolex had a quartz in their collection. And then I haven't focused this on the electrical watches because Mm -hmm. Omega had a, a tuning fork watch, didn't they? Belova obviously had their tuning fork watch. Okay. Okay, um, so we're so we're keeping it to keeping it to quartz, and so that means we wouldn't uh, we won't talk about uh, Grand Seiko. Uh, Well, that's I think we should, you know, because that's that's that is still using quartz, isn't it? And it's using it as a regulation. Yep, it's using it in an incredible way. I think it's such yeah. So we can definitely talk about that. And I was just thinking that I imagine that most people are listening to this. I imagine most watch collectors. You can be a watch collector and you can be a quartz watch collector and never have owned a mechanical. Mm-hmm. But if you're a watch collector that owns mechanical, I think there's a better than, there's probably a 100% chance you've owned at least one quartz watch in your life. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Whereas, um, so probably, yeah. probably. And I, and I had, idea. admittedly, uh, I had the other. I had the other uh, problem. I mean, like I, so I grew up with Casios and, and like fossil, you know, quartz washes. And I was completely oblivious to the concept of a automatic movement in a mechanical watch until 
uh, six years ago, which is just like, I was just completely ignorant that it was even a thing, which like, again, to, you know, your old school, old school watch collectors would be like, you, how did you not know this? So. (laughs) Well, exactly. And I think you're right that most of the, the general public, in fact, Hodinkee did an interesting article on the tag formula one which is very famously a i think they do a mechanical version of it but more Mm. often you see the quartz version and they were saying that most watch buyers especially i think they're they're probably talking about tag and i would largely agree to this because i i've I've no i've seen a lot of tag watches in the wild and usually they are the quartz versions yeah but they were saying that most people who are casual watch buyers go for the brand as in tag and they Mm. don't really give a lot of thought to the movement that's inside so that's why this watch does so well because it's quartz and most people assume that there is a battery in a watch don't they yes Yes. i think so most most of the casual not the watch collectors casual watch buyers yeah yeah but um yeah i wanted to go through some of the what i think in terms of uh, have been really the pinnacle of modern day quartz movements because not all quartz movements are the same yes they mm-hmm. all are very incredibly accurate in comparison to their mechanical right. counterparts but there's the there's been such evolutions in technology of quartz watches over recent years and you mentioned this the spring drive and i know that spring drive is a hybrid it, it mm, uses a yeah. quartz crystal to regulate the mechanical movement it's a real amazing feat of engineering yeah yeah it's a it's a unique spring. way but you are correct it does have a it does have a quartz crystal in it that's connected to a small you know to a small uh, electromagnet that's 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 slowing down or speeding up the uh the the spinning the spinning balance if you will yeah and it doesn't have a battery in it either which is even more like amazing isn't it? it's power right yeah the, it's yeah. powered off the, the mechanical um, components of it so when i always think of really good quality quartz watches first off i always think of the citizen eco drive we talked about mm. solar quartz there's also a, a solar quartz version of the seiko mecha quartz although i have my grievances sometimes with the mecha quartz with their 24 hour right. indicator mm-hmm. so i always think of the eco drive which is just such a solid quartz movement it's not the most accurate quartz movement in the in the world but it's certainly got everything you'll need i mean you might need to reset it once a month and in terms of the evolution of that movement where there's there's no visible solar panel is there on those i know right i don't yeah like i don't even i mean sometimes the dial is like somewhat transparent but then i've seen ones where it's like it gets all of the light through it, you know, through like the two millimeter, the three millimeter hole in the dial. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Then going up the scale, obviously, we do have the Seiko Mecha Quartz, which is a ha- it's sort of a hybrid movement in the fact that it's a quartz watch, but it has additional. Yeah, the gear train. Gear train in there yeah, to yeah, make yeah. the second yeah. hand move as if it as if it's similar to a mechanical watch. Now, they mm-hmm. do do a three-hand version of it. So they do a... Commonly, you see it in chronograph. So only when the chronograph is engaged does it look like right. it's a mechanical watch. They do do a three-hander. Walbrook use it. Walbrook mm. watches have a three-hander quartz. Um, and, but then that's, a, that's a high beat sort of... That's a high beat where, this, where it's almost a smooth second. Yes, where it's almost okay. a smooth second. Okay. The, the trade-off with those is that those three-handers 
is because the it's a con- the second hand is continually running. The battery only lasts two years. I think oh, okay. they're, they're not yeah. solar cores. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, with some of those and and some of the mecha cords too. Like if you're using them all the time, that that gear train takes a bunch of power that yes. a that a small uh, button cell battery is not ready to power. <laughs> Well, exactly, and that's why in this speed timer that I've got, I mean, I, I don't often have the chronograph engaged, but it's it's good because it's got it's solar mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. And then you move up to as we're moving up the price scale here. I think the next one, of course, is the that I always think of is the the Bulova. The it's commonly seen in the Lunar Pilot, but there mm-hmm. I think it's their UHF. Do they call it? But it's there mm-hmm. at two hundred and sixty-two hertz quartz watch, which again means that it's got more of a sweeping second hand this is a chronograph as well so you perhaps only see it but bulliver pioneered this high frequency quartz movements to mimic right the sweeping seconds of a mechanical watch because if anybody's not familiar what we're talking about the sweeping hand is a quartz watch will always tick so it ticks Mm -hmm. from second to second where a mechanical is a continuous sweep so yep. some of these quartz movements, because it's obviously more satisfying seeing a sweep visually. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the frequency. Typically, it's like 20, is it 24,000? Something like that. It's like 24,000 where it, it, this really kicks up the frequency uh, so that you, you, you have better accuracy because, in, you know, in, instead of counting, instead of a crystal oscillating at, you know, 24,000, it's, it's oscillating at 300,000. And so then it's, uh, you know, so then it's like able to separate the, the, that, that down to a single second more accurately. So you have, uh, you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting higher precision and higher accuracy because of a higher f- oscillating frequency. These quartz movements, typically the, the piece of quartz, and it is the stone, the, the stone yeah, quartz. Yeah, it's the truly quartz. Yeah, it's, a, it's the quartz, piezo quartz crystal. Yeah. I always think it's interesting because in in the sort of the, are they homeopaths or this crystal healing right. community, the quartz <laughs> crystals are used to give energy. So people put right. them in water bottles and things like that. I don't necessarily lean towards believing things like that, but then you think, well, actually, there is energy being produced from it, so maybe there is some fact in this. Well, isn't it that uh, isn't it that it it resonates? I always I always thought it was uh, that that when you apply energy to it, yes, you get a it, it you get a yeah. oscillating frequency. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I and again in that same vein of like the weird mystery of the universe. Uh, who was the lab person that was like, hey, hand me that rock over there and we'll just <laughs> jam electrodes in it and see if something happens, you know, and like sort of testing that element. Well, you wonder whether it comes from, I mean, I've got no evidence for this, but you wonder whether it comes from the people that, that thought that these quartz crystals had like an inherent energy right, to them. Right, yeah, and maybe people that's were how testing it, it to say, well, could this yeah. quartz power the whole watch without a battery? Maybe. I mean, who knows? But yeah, the um, back to the Bulliver. You're right, Chris. It's it's eight, it, the frequency is eight times greater than a standard quartz. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's le- and that actually makes it more accurate. And there, instead of their quartz crystal being a tuning fork, it's actually got three prongs. Oh, I see. Right. It's how they it's how they do it. Yeah. Question on the Lunar Pilot. I always I always forget or mix up. Did did we actually go to the moon with a mechanical one, 
or did we go to the moon with a quartz one? It was a mechanics. Because it was 1969, and so those hadn't been made yet. Well, they yeah, were right it was on 70, the cusp. It was 71, yeah. The, okay. So it was, um, I'm just reading this off the website. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 1971. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I just, uh, I always think, like, it's, you know, I, I'm sure that's obvious to some, but, like, I was not around, so I don't, I don't have a, a reference for when that actually happened. But, okay, all right. So that was, so there was some, mecha- so there's a mechanical boulevard. Now, uh, I will, you know, I'll give them, I will give them, uh, props here for, they, they have, they have, you know, made this accessible and the price point super accessible by, by keeping it a quartz. So it's, you know, so if you want that, you know, you want that, uh, attachment to, you know, a brand that has had equipment on the moon, uh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. And they, they have put this high-precision quartz movement in. There was a military-style one that they did. But more commonly, it's in their precisionist watches. And I have to say, there's not a single one of these precisionists that I like the look of. They, they, mm. they are just not my thing at all. They look like yeah. weird hexagonal hublots, some of them. They're just too over the top for me. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't actually gravitate... Well, we're moving up the chain then next, and you could argue that these two are actually on par, but moving up the chain, I wanted to go with the Breitling Super Quartz. Mm. I owned a, a Breitling, didn't have the Super Quartz movement in it, but okay. most of the modern professional Breitlings that you see, so there's a, an endurance chronograph, they mm-hmm. still sell the um, the Evo watches as well that are super quartz. And then, of course, they have their, which is just, they're just crazy watches, the ones that they have that are, um, they have that homing beacon in them if you're stranded. Oh, right. Yeah, the emergency. The yeah. emergency one. Yeah, Which geez. is just a crazy, comp- if, if nobody's, yeah. if, if, if the emergency watch, if anybody's interested yeah. in this, it has a homing beacon that will call, mm-hmm. I think, the Coast Guard. And yep. it has a yep. special frequency. Top Gear, British Top Gear did an amazing show where Richard Hammond had one of these watches and he was out in the middle of a mountain and he set it off and they all had to race to try and find him. But uh, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's like uh, if you pulled a capsule out, it's like there goes like $24,000 or something. Well, yeah, you have to pay if you set it off. Yeah, you got to pay for it. So it's some crazy amount of money that I... um, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned you mentioned super accurate quartz just to get a just to get a reference here. So, so when we talk about a an average inexpensive five hundred dollar mechanical, we're in the realm of maybe plus or minus thirty seconds a day, thirty fifteen to thirty seconds a day. We move up into a much more accurate or high beat. So something in like the twenty eight thousand beats per minute, beats per hour, beats per minute. Yes. You're down into maybe, you know, 10, 10 seconds, eight to 10 seconds a day. Uh, then you get cost certification that moves you into four seconds land, right? Uh, so then, you know, it'd be completely reasonable if you had a cost certified movement that to only lose one or two seconds a day, if, if anything. Well, yeah, this is Rolex's thing, isn't it? It's right. two seconds, they say, plus or minus yeah. two seconds a day, which is considered extremely accurate for it. Right, super accurate for mechanical. Uh, then we flip over to inexpensive, super inexpensive quartz. You know, your your fifty spring fifteen dollar. Yeah, spring drive is supposed to be within one or two seconds a day, isn't it? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought spring drive was even better than that, but okay, okay. 
Uh, but switching over to like super inexpensive, you know, $15 at Target quartz watches, we're looking at uh, two seconds a month. <laughs> yeah, between like two, or fi- two, yeah, two to 15 seconds a month. Yeah, two to in, 15 seconds a month. And yeah, quart- and just to say what affects a quartz watch, which so mechanical watches are affected by gravity the 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 position that you're holding the watch in they're also some some are incredibly affected by magnetism whereas Mm -hmm. quartz watches it's all about heat yeah temperature yeah so then uh right so then you move into a higher end so like you know a higher end quartz watch now we're talking about two to five seconds a year yes yeah. So, and I mean this and this super course from Breitling. I mean, I, I what is what is the uh what is their spec? It's yeah, well like... we the bu- the Bulova was within a couple of seconds a year. I yep. bet you they don't even put a, a spec on here because yeah. like you said, it's um it, it's gonna be within within a couple of seconds a year. I wonder if it says Correct. Uh, you see it doesn't even it doesn't even say it here, probably because it it doesn't need to. It's, it's gonna. It's going to run out of battery before it's not accurate. <laughs> well, yeah, and they they are even this pre super quartz, and the and the the reason that this this super quartz is so accurate from Breitling is because it's what they call thermocompensated. So it Correct. it compensates for temperature variation, which is what affects quartz watches. Yeah. So so it'll 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 have a separate transistor package that will literally measure the temperature of the quartz and then make a computer calculation that says well this quartz runs 0003 fast when it's 80 out and so we're going to turn it down a little bit you know make that make that adjustment um it's this it's i mean this is early uh like you know, if you're running supercomputer stuff, it ha- you have to get down to, you have to get down to a couple of decimal places. You got to get down to four or five decimal places, and so that's one definitely one way to do it. Cool technology, super super accurate. Moving moving further up the chain again, there is a high precision citizen movement as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I don't know a lot about that. But the next one that you always think of when you think of incredibly high end luxury quartz watches mm-hmm. is the the Grand Seiko, their nine F mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. And yes, l- like you you said, Chris, they're they're within a couple of seconds. Right, uh, it's plus yeah. or minus ten seconds per year. And mm-hmm. how they get that is it's thermal thermocompensated, but also grand seiko do a lot of testing with the actual quartz crystals so for mm-hmm. 90 days they'll test probably similar right. to how they do microchips but they test right. the quartz yeah. they'll put a current through them they'll vibrate them and then only a few will then move forward to be actually in the watches right. so they might be perfectly good but they test such high yeah and and you get a couple you get a couple of things so your uh at that point any of the mechanical train any of the gear train has to be perfect because if there's any drag on that if there's any resistance on that you have any sort of debris in there it is over as far as keeping that level of accuracy the other thing that i see with these super high precision ones which is nice is you start to get the seconds hand bang on on the markers lined up 
which you know if you're if you are an accuracy snob like us and uh we use the term snob here tongue-in-cheek uh you know it's one of the things you look down and you're like i want that thing to line up and i know some of our listeners have uh, adjusted their second hands on their quartz watches in order to make to make it line up so um this is what you get with that with that uh with that higher level quartz movement yeah and it I think these 9F quartz even, they know they have that tolerance in them where they'll reset themselves back to. And then, of course, you've got a whole family of, I mean, we're talking about incredibly accurate quartz watches, but you also have that whole family of that you find in Casio watches and G-Shocks mm. where they're quartz and they will actually reset themselves off the radio. So All right. they, yeah. might not, they might not be ac- as accurate as these over a year, but they reset mm. themselves every night or every couple of nights so that they're, they're, they're bang on the money. But yeah, yeah. They, it, it's, I think the world of quartz is, is really amazing. And it, certainly when I started watch collecting, I kind of poo-pooed quartz. I was mm-hmm. kind of getting into mechanical watches. And I was like, oh yeah, they're amazing feats of engineering. And then in recent years, I've definitely come back to really love at love quartz again mm-hmm. yeah it's because it, it is i mean in the same in the same way you know i i i certainly i understand the you know it it doesn't have a soul because it's not just a mechanical object uh, but there is so much engineering and design put into these yes their mass production caused a, a disruption in an industry uh but if you've been around for the last 25 years, uh, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of what we do <laughs> with, uh, with our, uh, with our technology. So, um, I, I'm up for, I'm up for embracing it. As I said on the live stream, give me a, uh, give me a solar powered quartz that's uh hundred meters water resistant any day. And that thing's, you know, there's one in my watch box right now and it's, I know it's good to go at any time. And uh, it's kind of, you know, a little peace of mind, you know, just like you can just grab and go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, let us know over on the Facebook group or join us on the Discord. If you want to continue the conversation, let us know what you think about Quartz. As always, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.